Warning! This podcast may contain naughty language, including the C-word. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everybody, it's Jingles X, where we talk movies, music, trending news, games, sports, current affairs, and anything else that pops into our brains. I'm Dave Shingler, and he is the sunshine of my life. It's Clown Bewley. Hey, <laughs> hell has gone and heaven's here. There's nothing left for you to fear. Shake your ass, come over here, now scream. Ah! Yeah. It's <laughs> uh, Shingler's List. How you doing, my little buddy? You all right? I've got a hangover. La, 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 la. And I'm very tired. La, 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 la. Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah. Uh, big thanks to everybody that listens uh, week in and week out. <laughs> <laughs> that was episode 200. <laughs> yeah, we're on 200. We are <clears throat> on the big 200. Have we, check, have we actually checked that? Well, are we actually on 200? I think we're on 200, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I'll, I'll fact check that now. I think we're definitely on 200. I can't see, though. This is the problem. Um, you are wearing glasses. You know this, don't you? I don't know if they're mine. They'll tell you I've got a hangover. <laughs> <laughs> There are somebody's in this house, these glasses, though, aren't they? You haven't just found a pair of glasses. Who knows? Like yes, it's episode 200. Hey! <laughs> 200. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we made it to 200 somehow. It's taken long enough. Um, I think we did three episodes in the first year. <laughs> <laughs> three episodes year one. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we did a big chunk, didn't we? Like, two, one, well, what year would that have been? I want to say 2017. Yeah. We did, like, a big chunk of episodes and we took some breaks and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, 200. We made it. It's nice. It's a nice milestone to reach. It is. Um, I, I didn't really have anything planned for the big 200 celebration no. at all. Um, but uh, I, I believe we're, we're going to get into some uh, musical discussion. I believe we are. In, uh, in this episode. True. It's going to be quite musical orientated. Uh, but I do I, I do have a little announcement. Um <clears throat> which which I thought would be nice for episode two hundred. Is this cat related? It's not cat related. No, 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 no. It's not cat related. Um, well, we can talk about the cats if you want. No, no, I can no. Talk about the no, cats for no. the next three we're, hours. We're, if you we're want. good. We're good. You've gone the um, other side now with eighteen yeah. cats. You've, yeah, yeah, yeah. Little fluff balls. Um, so <clears throat> I have decided now. How far into this project I actually get? Um, I don't know, but uh, I've decided to dip my toe into the um, home music label distribution uh, pond. Yep. And uh, I've launched uh, this week. Um, anybody who follows me on Instagram may have seen the story that I posted um, with regards to Shinglessless Records, um, which uh, I, I it's in its uh, rudimentary stages at the moment. It's... Um, what the hell was that? Did I you don't know? That was next. that was outside. Don't worry about it. Some child's um, just been ran over. Don't worry. Yeah. So um, I, I, I've decided to give this, give it a go. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's you know, whenever I've been in, in bands, um, we've always like self-released. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> have you really? Yeah, yeah. Every time you're in a band, you've all self-released. We've all have self-released. You? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. God, sorry, mate. Circle. Sorry. Um, <laughs> And it's it's I've I've always found it not overly tricky, so to speak, but like when you when you are trying to do everything yourself, yeah, um, with regards to you know artwork and and promotion and distribution and the production of, of your your physical you know media that you're trying to sell. I mean, we we only used to do CDs, and you know we went through several different ways of making the CDs mm-hmm. from literally just handwritten. 
onto the discs in, in little plastic wallets to getting like a CD stamper, which stamps the uh, the sticker onto the disc for you, so printing onto labels. Mm-hmm. Um, we invested into a, um, a a printer that could print directly onto the discs. Um, <clears throat> I <clears throat> I bought a a Lightscribe um, mm-hmm. CD writer where it, like the laser burnt the image into the disc. And the only problem with that is it took about half an hour to do one disc. <laughs> and we're trying all these different ways of doing things. And um, and I never really like contacted or got involved with, you know, small labels or distributors and things like that. Because I always wanted to do everything. I wanted to be in control uh, of doing everything. But I, I just thought it would be nice. You know, if you're in a band, you're in a local band, you know, you're maybe a little bit inexperienced. And and, and things are so easy, so much easier to do these days. You can produce all your own, you know, things if you want to. But to have, like, to take that off somebody and just say, look, I want to help, you know, the, these bands out. I've got a little bit of experience in, 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 in this field. Mm-hmm. And so if I can, you know, approach a band and say, you know, how do you feel about having a small run of like cassettes and mini discs, something a bit more quirky, yeah. like, you know, retro media is kind of coming back into its own. You know what I mean? The, the, even like Sam Fender's last album was released on mini disc. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, um, <clears throat> so to have these like, you know, just limited runs, just like, you know, 15, 20 tapes, 10 mini discs, yeah. you know, a handful of CDs and help bands with the artwork, help them, you know, with the, the, the sales, the distribution and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's something I, I, I quite enjoy doing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Producing these things just for myself. Um, so if I can actually do that, get pleasure out of it and help other acts and bands out as well, yeah. uh, then, you know, I, I figured it would be kind of a cool thing to do. So... Like I say, it's in its infancy at the moment. Um, I'm I'm still sourcing materials. Um, I've had <clears throat> a shipment this week of blank new old stock mini discs. Yeah. I've got another shipment coming in next week of new old stock mini discs. Uh, I've been sourcing, you know, cassettes, pricing things up. I've been looking at different materials, papers, cards, stickers, different ways of doing things. You know, whether to outsource the um audio side of it and get you know a, a company to put the audio onto the media for me or whether to do it all in house yeah it's just a trial and error at the moment until i find something that fits and find something that works and when all that's done and the model's in place i'll be ready to um you know contact acts bands artists and help oh. to distribute um, um I, I, I see i feel your hints <laughs> um, I'm available for signing. I appreciate I've only wrote three kind of Al Yankovic, Al Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, I've only wrote three of them type of songs, but I am available, Dave. You don't have to hint so heavy, mate. Okay. You know, I'll, 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 I'll sign to you. I'll sign to you. But no, that sounds that sounds really good. Really, <clears throat> really bit good. Of fun as well. A bit, bit of, of adventurous. Yeah, a bit of fun. Bit you know, a bit of adventure, and and also like <clears throat> there's a lot of distribution labels and you know not necessarily it's not like a record label where you know you sign to me and me exclusively that's not that's not the idea behind it you know i'm i want to be a guy who helps bands out like and and you know if you've already got an album uh, but you want you know uh, some cassette releases done mm-hmm. or you want some mini disc releases done then you know it's just a case of licensing the music to to me yeah. 
But it's not like, you know, sign on this contract and I'm locking you in for however long and you won't be able to release that music elsewhere. It's just allowing me to help you. Give me the rights to that music. I'll produce these things. There's no long-term contract. There's no um, weird, shady business model. Like mm-hmm. if, 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 if the band wants to walk away from it... Um, you know, when when everything's done, and that's fine. You know what I mean? They can go, you know what? This has been great. Cheers for the tapes. Cheers for the mini discs. It's so what we're saying is you're not doing me a signing on fee? No. Okay. Yeah, it's just, like I say, it, it's 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 all positive and it's all helpful and it's like, let's, um, you know, let's time for me. I'm, I'm getting old now, Claire. It's time for me to give back. It's time the, for you to give back instead of the, taking out of the music community. To the youth. <laughs> To, to the youth, to the up, the, the new, the new guys coming through the ranks, like you know, I'm, I, I, you don't need to be nearly forty and getting back on them stages. No, you, know you don't, you don't. <laughs> and I saw, and just on that, I saw an old band uh, on the Rigger Live Facebook page, profile oh, right. page, yeah. and I just thought, ooh, mm. cold. <laughs> it's old that band is, and it's the same thing. <clears throat> I was like, wow, it, it, it's just too old now. Yeah, I think there's a cutoff point at like thirty-five, maybe. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Once you pass that, once you're over that hill, it's like what you've got to produce. It's got to be good. It's got to be eclectic, and it's got to be mm. different. You can't just be doing the same thing over and over and over again and try and get different results. I think like, a bit like what you've done with your music. You've taken. I've been lucky enough to listen to Dave's. Um, recordings before they've been released and before they've been mastered, before they've been produced, yeah, etc. Yeah. as it goes along the way. <clears throat> and very much the same what you've done with your music sound. You've gone, right, I'm just going to change that completely. And mm. it's a refreshing change. It's a yeah. refreshing sound. My, my um, One of my issues with writing was always, I feel like I've got too many influences yeah. because I listen to so many different styles of music. So when it comes to actually writing stuff and being like in a in a band, let's say, um, you know, your band's trying to find your sound. In my vote of confidence, the band I was in for how long was I in that band for? About eight years, something like that. Yeah. If you listen to the first EP that we recorded and then listen to the last like three songs that we wrote, it's two completely different bands. You know what I mean? Because yeah. we just developed over the years. You try and find your sound, but I've always been plagued with having so many like influences in my head that I can't lock into one specific sound. So you end up with like a band that doesn't really know what it what it sounds like. Unless you're in complete control. You know what I mean? If this if it's just me and my music, then you know, I, I can tailor that to make it sound like the same band. But when you've got, you know, my influences, somebody else's influences, it all kind of gets a bit mixed up in the wash. Um but yeah, I think one of the issues as well I've always found like with the <clears throat> with the older bands, especially when it comes to local bands, is the lack of effort that's kind of put in. And I'm don't I'm not being like nasty or anything, but you know you go to a, a local music venue and you see a band and the band's got musicians in that have been on the scene for the last like twenty years. You know yeah. what I mean? And they just like they're in a band. It lasts twelve months. And then nothing happens, and they they lose a member, and they bring somebody else in, and then somebody else goes, and then they split up, and then they get together with another guy that they knew from a band before, and and it, the cycle just never breaks. It just keeps going and going and going. And it's like, oh, I'm in a new band now, and and then you see them on stage, and they all might be great musicians and whatnot, but 
they just they don't look like a band mm. don't look like a band don't act like a band don't like and the sound is just exactly the same as yeah, what yeah. they were doing There's before no... it's like this is meant to be a new band you sound exactly the same as your old band what what is this like what what you're churning out um <clears throat> and you know i haven't really been out to local music nights for quite a while um because when i was going out it there was nothing fresh and nothing nothing new kind of going on and it was like ugh we need and i don't think it helps when you've got like stoke on trent college dropped all the music courses and that's where a lot of bands came out of them courses meeting new musicians you know what yeah. i mean and yeah in you know what so all that at Burslem college is like yeah that whole venue the venue four is the cage the stave so, the, the stage yeah, sorry yeah. And yeah they closed it down um just a couple of years ago with the basically the problem lost a load of money just cutting just it down well, the problem with it was is like back when I was doing them courses, we had we had two two groups with like six bands yeah. in each group. There was a lot of people applying for these courses. Then you had like a first diploma, a national diploma, a higher national diploma. You know, there's a, a lot of years worth of, of of students there, and we all wanted to be musicians. We wanted yeah. to learn about music, be musicians. You know, learn how to perform better how to rehearse better how to record better how to write better we all wanted to do that and as the years have gone on with reality tv there was people signing up to the course they don't want to be musicians mm -hmm. how do i how do i become famous how do yeah, i how do yeah. i get onto the x factor yeah you know what i mean yeah. it was like that that's what it ended up being and there was did you bring that back now because the equivalent's rubbish yeah. well there's then there was no, nothing to teach so over the years, there was less people signing up, and eventually, they just scrapped it. Um, and yeah. you know, that was a like I said, that was a massive part of of my life, especially signing up so young. You know, I was sixteen when I started that course, and to meet other musicians that I would never have met before, and I joined three or four different bands during that period of time as well. Went out gigging and getting that experience, and there isn't that just isn't there anymore. And I know Newcastle College and sixth form college do music courses and whatnot but i just don't think it's the same as as what stoke college offers. i don't think it's the same as actually performing mm. um so, being forced to form a band as part of your coursework and be well, that was the thing yeah you just to go onto the stage long into a band you were just right you 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 who's the singer i, I remember it uh, me right yeah. you 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 you're in a band on a stage you've got a performance mm. at this time and, that and was, that's what it was yeah it yeah. was like that first band that i got you know, put in as luck would have it. Like I was in with a couple of my mates, but it was like, so what do you play? Well, I play guitar and I sing. Okay, so we've got a guitarist, we've got a singer. You're a guitarist. You play bass. You play drums. There we go. We've got a band. You guys go off. This is your this is your your assignment. Jazz and blues. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was the most hated man in the building, and, and it was just <laughs> like, but over the year, you know, it became fun. Yeah, everybody got to know each other and whatnot, and. I, I think the whole music scene around here needs a bit of a kick up the arse. And I think the music scene in general needs a kick up the yeah. arse. It's just not, for me. It's it's just not brilliant anymore. But then again, like I don't think... Um, but this is what... I, I, I'm still stick to it. I, my experience of music and trying to do music and get into music was just a pain in the arse. Um, yeah. Just because of how I look and the, yeah, the yeah, rejection yeah. because of how I looked yeah. and not because I look like a freak or the elephant man or anything just because I'm good looking I'm sorry 
No, because well, well, yeah, but that was boy, that ba- was boy band in a rock band. You know, what I, I, mean? I look like a boy band member who was in a rock band. I did a gig at the gig, the reggae, and the gig was a ten out, uh, at the Glebe. The Glebe, and it was a ten out of ten, uh, full full pub and everything else. And I got criticised when I was at the bar because of how I looked. Yeah. So it was always pertinent to the people watching that you must look a certain way. I'm not growing my hair and doing that. It's not happening. Mm. Um, and, and I will carry on dressing the way I dress. Yeah, I mean, yeah. granted, I think the white suit in Jesus is the way, my Lord. But <laughs> I, it was my opinion that, well, that's what differentiates us from everybody else. Mm. And in the end, I was replaced as the singer. Believe yeah. it or not, just on Luke, not on nothing else. The band split up months later. <laughs> uh, no, they did because it, the, you can't mm. produce the same as what you started with, unless you're ACDC. You can't produce <laughs> the same what you started with, and also that presentation as mm. well, because you've gone through that hard. Um, the first gig when you're on stage and you're like um, da 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 da. Um, da, 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 and then you start to mold and to play mm. with it. And I genuinely love singing and being on stage. I just have a difficulty with getting people together to go and sing on stage. To go, let's do, let's just get in a room, let's book a day out, and let's just sing all day. Mm. Well, we need right this, 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 this. No, let's get together. Let's do this, do this, do this. Let's sing all day. Yeah, and, and that type of thing. And people are. Um, a bit tosserish on a whole yeah. uh, around rock bands. Just just for my experience, not on anyone else's experience. And m- myself throughout growing up, I was like, this is the picket fence and this is where the musicians and the rockers are. You're a great, you're a great mate, Cleon, and all that type of stuff, but stay that side of the fence. And I've watched, and I'll go up there everywhere now and watch good bands and go, fucking hell, I'm a better singer than him. <laughs> I'm a better singer than him. I'm a better show, I'm a better entertainer than him. You're just standing there in one position going, meh, 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 meh. And if that's the top of your singing, that's why you're in a pub. Hmm. Do you see where I'm coming from? But if you say that loudly, um, people get offended. They do, they get offended, yeah. I have, um, I have what I like to call the musician's curse. Where I can't I can't go and watch a band like the average Joe can go and watch a band and just enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I'll go and I'll watch a band and I'll, I'll enjoy it. But because you know you're musically trained, or, or you know you, you'll you'll hear the mistakes. Yeah. You'll and oh, you'll hear something that isn't quite right, or you'll you'll just automatically critique yeah. it in your head, and it's like stop doing that enjoy the set uh, but you can't you can't do it you, uh, and it's just one of the things about you know being in bands and being a musician and i've been there when you go out with with other guys who are in bands and you're all watching a band and at the same time something happens on stage and we all go and you look at each other and go you heard that as well didn't you like and i personally i, I fucking hate it because mm. i just want to be able to go and enjoy and not hear them mistakes but unfortunately you do you know what i mean i hate you standing singers the standing singers. I hate a standing singer. Mm. I hate a standing singer who stands what? on one place for the entire gig and sings songs for the whole gig and then goes, I'm a much guy. I hate that. What's worse, a standing singer or a pacing singer? A pacing singer. Yeah, they, pacing, they're they're both the down, same level. Mm. For me, for me, and I don't mean walking and dressing the crowd. 
as a pacing singer, you mm. know exactly what yeah. I mean, don't you? Just wandering up just and down. Up and down, wandering. Not, like... not looking at anyone, head down, just concentrating on his own voice, wandering up and down. I could throw some... Like, <laughs> stop pacing. Or in the same in the same uh, comeback, when they're standing still. Yeah. And they don't move from this close to the microphone for the whole gig. Yeah, you can't you, see the face. Do you get So you can't see the face. Little things like that drive me nuts. Because singing's... If you... I mean, I wish I could sing, but God, if I could sing better, I'd be always singing. It's, it's. I remember it's a, for me, it's a happy hormone. I remember once I'd left um, Burzum College, I went back to watch uh, one of the gig nights there, and one of the singers, uh, guitarist and singer, they draped scarves over the mic stand like um, Steve, Aerosmith. Like Aerosmith, yeah, yeah. Stephen Tyler Aerosmith thing, and um, this was like this was a college performance, so it was being assessed, and. Um, they have like a microphone on the sound desk that only goes through the monitors. But I was sat right next to the stage, and you heard it was um, Andy Dawson, one of the lecturers, and you heard him come through the monitors. Uh, Can you take the scarves off the uh, microphone stand, please? Because we can't see your guitar and what you're playing. And the guy just went, That's the idea. <laughs> And just left the scarves on. <laughs> just so you know, that. But that's another one. If the scarves were on the mic, that that's easy. Then you can knock the mm. mic over and catch it with the scarf and just play with the mic stand. Do you know what, Yanis, uh, singer that I was in a band with for quite a few years, um, he always like wanted to be a singer. His dad wanted him to be a guitarist. But he always struggled, like, being a front man. You know, he didn't know what to do with his hands, you know what I mean? He didn't know where to put the pockets, hold the mic behind his head. You know, he didn't strike a pose. He didn't know what to do with him. And that was, it was one of the cool things about that course because that was the advice that you could get from doing that course, yeah. how to be a better performer on stage. And, and it was Andy Dawson, again, who said, well, you've got a guitar, haven't you? And he's like, yeah. He goes, and you play? He says, yeah. He says, well put your guitar on he's like yeah but i don't play guitar in this band and and andy went neither did alvis neither did alvis yeah what it was you? just there it was a, every every now and then he strummed a few chords yeah. he says just oh, put your guitar on there yeah. and you can always flip it down to the side hold on to the neck of it and then it's like a comfy blanket or do what um hendrix did and also kravitz and just set fire to no 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 so like are you gonna go my way he hits it on the head just before he starts singing, he hits the guitar, bang on the head, and it spins round his back. Yeah. And then he starts to sing the actual mm. song. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> Little things like that with, with, with singers. I've never been, like, the most confident frontman in a band, which is why I used to get really drunk before I went on stage. I found that helped. <laughs> I, I'm, you see, I'm completely the other way. Either because I, either in my own head it helped because um, like I didn't know what was going on. Like. You see, I'm completely the other way. If I have a drink, I go ultra nervous. I, it <clears> just <throat> doesn't do that for me. What I mm. do before I have a load of water, yeah. I'm quite boring. After's a different matter altogether, or what it was to... from my own old days. But um, for, for the whole year I was with a band, um, but yeah, it was good. It was good, enjoyable, enjoyable. But on music, we've got a good segue. Mm. Good segue. What was the coursework? Uh, th- this this week's coursework was um, ten. Ten was it albums or songs or songs al- albums anything, anything. that yeah, have yeah. Um, influenced you that have uh, what was the word you used that have shaped you shaped yeah shaped, shaped. not not 
And my what you'll what you'll what I've what I notice writing mine down is they're not really trendy. And that's uh, fine. Some of them are. Yeah. There's like there's one that I would actually. I'm, I'm not that. That's college dropout, Cleon. That wasn't no. That didn't shape you. You picked that up later on. Sorry. That you put that Gary Glitter album on there. Uh, no, I've yeah. took that off. We're yeah. not allowed to do that. <laughs> uh, Savile's Gracie Stitts are also off there. Rolf Harris. Rolf Harris. Two little boys. Two little boys. <laughs> <laughs> so what we'll do? We'll go one you. Okay, I'm. I'm. I haven't written this down, by the way, because I was like, I overthink, and yeah. I'm going to put way too much thought. Yeah, into but it. if you don't, if you don't put so, thought into it, now you're just going to go <clears> with what's in your mind. No, right no, now. I think I've, I've, I know, I pretty much know it. So I might struggle to get to ten though. But yeah. I can go like all over with mm. it. But anyway, but I've also got the artist that, and you can see the times where it pops in on yeah. me. You can see where my life went. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah that. So I'll go you first. Go. Me first. Yeah, you first. So the first one I thought of was um, uh, Michael Jackson. Yeah. Um, when I was little, little, um, <clears throat> absolutely loved Michael Jackson. Fa- my favourite musician ever. Um, the first album I remember having, it was my brother's, and it was bad on cassette. Mm. And my next-door neighbour had Off the Wall on record, and he copied it onto a tape for me, so I had that. But, um, the I mean, Thrill is just one of the best albums ever written, in all fairness. Um, but the album that resonated with me the most, and it was one of the first albums that I bought with my own money, was Dangerous. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it, it was groundbreaking, and it sold fucking millions. Um, but I don't think it gets spoken about in the same light as Thriller or Bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but I thought Dangerous was one of the best albums I'd ever heard at that point, you know, and and for me, like I said, I think I was the right age as well. It was mine. I bought it with my own cash, and mm-hmm. and I played it over and over and over and over again. And it was like, wow, this is like it's literally taking, you know, the, the last R and B album that Michael Jackson did was off the wall. He just got more poppy as, as he as he went on, but he'd taken influences like he had done just got worse. for the other albums. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he just got whiter and, and whiter, whiter. <laughs> and whiter. But to have like you know, you've you've got them R and B influences on there. You've got Slash on there. You got the you know the the, the, the rocks side of stuff on there. Is that Dirty Diana? No, Dirty Diana was on Bad, and that was Steve Stevens who played guitar on that. Um, oh. Who is Billy Idol's guitarist? Oh. Steve Stevens, who also wrote. Sounds like Jeff. Jeff. Uh, uh, yeah, Steve Stevens, who also wrote the uh, Top Gun theme. Yeah, he played guitar on Dirty Diana. Dirty Diana is a fucking classic. So yeah, first one for me, Michael Jackson's Dangerous. First one for me is a single, and it's the first ever song I remember hearing. And it's past the Dutch upon the left-hand side. The the left-hand side was Sonic Youth. That is... Musical Youth, Musical sorry, Sonic where's Youth. Sonic Youth, Cleon? <laughs> um, that is the first song that I remember in my conscious brain. Yep. That is the first ever lyric I remember hearing. It was in my, gra- I can tell you exactly where it, where I was because uh, it's that clear mm-hmm. for me hearing it. Um, and it was a song that made me go, oh, 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 okay, I like this. Yeah. And it was in my nan's kitchen and it was a cassette and it was in a... Um, a ghetto blaster. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a ghetto blaster. A boombox. A boombox, that's what they were called at the time. And it was press play, and I remember being, oh, that's good, and it resonating with me. So 
there's a few songs all around this time mm-hmm. frame yeah. um, that I remember. Anyway. Uh, Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, you see, I didn't get into that till late, late. Um, well, uh, it was roughly the same. In fact, it was the same year yeah. as uh, Dangerous that it was re-released thanks to um, Wayne's World. Yeah, and I, my dad always, my dad had Queen live Magic on cassette, and used to play it in the car. So I did know of Queen, um, and you know I, I liked Queen from what I'd heard of them. Um, but when Bohemian Rhapsody was re-released when it came out, it, I, I I'd imagine I felt watching it what somebody would have felt watching it in the seventies when it first came out. Yeah. I saw this video and it was like, what is this? This is amazing like this is wow this is who the fuck writes songs like this like and it just blew me away that you could do something like that um it, so that was another wasn't the first seven inch single i bought i don't think um but i did get that on seven inch i i still have passed the dutch upon the left hand side on a little vinyl yeah it was about that big with a big hole in the middle it's only don't know how many inches it seven. is. Seven. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's call it seven. Big hole in the middle. Yeah. That'll be jukebox. Be a jukebox uh, version. Right, of. okay. I've got in one a, of them with the... Um... Yeah. In America, the uh, the 45s yeah. were they were big hold. Yeah. And in UK, they were small hole. But for all jukeboxes, they were, they were big hold. Well, second song, which I've also got on that same format, is Seasons in the Sun with Cat Stevens. Was that Cat Stevens, was it? Yeah, well, that's oh. the... I remember Seasons in the Sun by Cat Stevens being prevalent. Yeah. Um, I know Westlife have done a version of it, but Cat Stevens definitely did a version of it. And it was on vinyl. Yeah, cool. And it used to play every now and again, just... And I remember... Goodbye, my friend, it's hard to die. And I remember going, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> What's that? With all the birds are singing in the sky. It's like, wow, that's just that's just bad now, that is. Mm. It later on my later on I I began to understand why that was so prevalent in my nan's life. Unfortunately, my uncle when he was eighteen passed away. Yeah. And it was a it was the same year that song was bought out. Mm-hmm. So that's why it resonated so much within them as a family. Yeah. Uh, even though they're my family, but them as a family. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's the second one. Gets happier from here. Does it? Yeah, 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 it does, okay. it does, it does. Go on. Uh, so, number three for me, um, it, for me, this is like, it's a progression through time for me. So, you, know, <laughs> you can see it here as well. Yeah, 19, like, 80s here still. Me. Nine, 1991, I would have been probably seven, six, seven, eight, something like that. I don't know. Um, so, like, up until that point, all I'd done, I just listened to pop music. I was a pop music guy. Listened to the charts. Yeah. I'd watch Top of the Pops every week. And it was all pop music. Uh, like I say, Michael Jackson was my favourite artist. And then, you know, so we, we get into Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, from from there, I did start, like, listening to more... Um, some of, like, my dad's old records, yeah. like Status Quo, and listened to some Beatles and things like that. Jerry and the Pacemakers. Mm. Uh, but we'll, we'll get on to them. Um, later on in the list but for me now we're getting into the mid 90s i'm just getting into high school and what's the story morning glory comes out yeah and i was just like oh shit this is 
I, these these guys, these are the guys, this is the band. Um, and it, Wonderwall was the single for me. Yep. It wasn't Down Back in Anger for me, it was, it was, it was Wonderwall. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was brilliant, I thought it was fresh. Um, I thought I thought Liam and Noel were the coolest fucking people in the world. Like, and 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 that it was then when I was like, that's what I want to do. Yeah, I want to do that. Yeah, like, that's what I want to do. I need to learn how to play the guitar. Should have formed um, a band with me. I've got a mentally involved. So yeah, so I'm 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 gonna put the whole Morning Glory album um, down for 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 number three, mid nineties kind of thing. And then you know that that led me to listen to other Britpop stuff. You know, Blur, Shed Seven, um, Charlatans, all that kind of stuff. Pulp, Verve. Well, I'm not that far forward with my yeah. with my list. So the next one that the 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 next band that I got the first band I ever got sick of when I was a child, believe it or not, was Thin Lizzy. Yeah. Yeah, that was the first band I ever got sick <laughs> of hearing my uh, grandmother, grandparents, parents uh, playing on him on it over and over and over. Basically, the other one was Al Jolson on a Sunday morning. Oh, mummy! But I'm not bringing him into it. So jailbreak, oh, the boys are back in town, yeah. and all of that oomph and from Mr. Phil Linnett. If you put on uh, any Phil Liz, Thin Lizzy album now, you c- I've got no reference of which album it is, but you can just press play and mm-hmm. I'll sing every lyric of every album on every side that they've ever done. We can put that to the test. If that's you how... Quite a few Thin Lizzy records. That's how, <laughs> that's how ingrained in my mind that Thin, that thin Lizzy are, mm-hmm. just because of the fan that my... I think... <clears throat> I don't know who was the fan. It was my grandfather, my father... Whenever they were out, they had the Thin Lizzy on and la, 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 la. And it was, ah. Uh, so the first band I ever got sick of, this is number three, yeah? <laughs> so this is me, childhood done now. So yeah. we've just gone into high school. So the first band I ever got sick of was a band called Thin Lizzy. Thin Lizzy. And they're a great band. Uh, yeah, well. they're, they're fucking really good. I still um, can't listen to them now. Yeah. I'm like, I tried I like listening to Jailbreak the other day and I was like, oh, I can't be bothered with this. The night is going to be a jailbreak. I was the, like, no. The thing is pretty good. Um, Black Star Riders. Yeah, Whiskey which is, Jot. No. Which is the... Um, <laughs> so Th- Thin Lizzy still touring as Thin Lizzy, but like without Phil Linnett and whatnot, it's a bit weird. So the they formed a new band, Eddie- which is... Which is the same band, but called Black Star Riders, and it was really, they're really good. Sounds like Thin Lizzy. Any music that any music that's been released pr- post uh, Phil Linnett's death, I've I've got no knowledge of. Nothing like we ain't, we ain't listening to that. No, I didn't even know that it existed after yeah. he passed away. So Do you know what? All there's, my music is pre Linnett's death. There's loads of bands like where you know the singers left or died or something, and the band have carried on with another singer, and I'm yeah. completely oblivious to it. Like, yeah, and you go. No. What? A new album from who? Lost, <laughs> Lost Profit to one. Oh, um, it's the singer from... I can't remember the band's name. It's yeah, the singer exactly. From the band. exactly. Um, yeah, and, and I can't remember what the new band's called either. I know they played The Mill a few yeah. years back. Um, but I, I, I did listen to some of it, and it's not as good. No, anyway, it's not as good. You can, you know... Um, you had a good voice. <clears throat> did have a good voice. Nice. Uh, so number four for me is uh, Lost Profits, Liberty. No, I'm joking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> number four for me, we're around the same time. Yeah. Um, I'm just getting into Oasis. Yeah. And the whole Britpop thing, which in turn leads me to look backwards. Yeah. 
Um, and it, around this time, the Beatles live at the BBC had been released, and yep. we bought it on tape, and I thought it was brilliant. Not only was it the Beatles singing all the songs, but it was the radio conversations, it was the interviews and whatnot, and they were just funny. Um, and I was like, these guys sound like the best people ever. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I really dug the music, and I'd never really looked into the Beatles that much you know i was still I was still a kid you know what i mean it's like it, like i said it's the equivalent of somebody like today getting into oasis it's the same time difference it's 30 years yeah. you know what i mean and um so it was 30 years previous with the beatles when i started listening to them and getting into them and so my dad had the live the bbc cassette my next door neighbor once again he had the um the beatles box it was called the beatles box i think and it was a four lp box set so he, he brought that round to the house, let me borrow it and listen to it and whatnot. And so it really started getting into uh, getting into the Beatles. I mean, I'm a massive Beatles fan now. And, yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah. And it was around that time as well they started they started doing the the anthology documentary too. Um, so it, it was a big um, it was a big um, thing <clears throat> at the time. The Beatles, this big Beatles resurgence. Uh, but it was live at the BBC that got me into the Beatles. Yeah, at that point. So my number four, which was when my... So my number four, it comes into one... I'll, I'll give it in the correct order. My number four was the band. And the band that had the probably the biggest influence on me growing up was Take That. Yeah. And I've got it... I know that's really bad for a, for a lad to say. No, it's not. No, it's like Take That were fucking brilliant. How, however, <laughs> I had a different... I had a different take on Take That. So... When I was in the first year of high school, the a member of Take That went to my high school. And when I was in the third year of my high school, he it's on the Take That album. He, he calls down into Margaret Ward. Mm. On the day we, we played tennis with him, he was on the pitch. He would... And girls were chasing him everywhere. So it was this gent or this cheeky lad who can sing a little bit had joined a band and he was number one in the charts, etc., yeah. etc. So I'll 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 have the next one is take that and I'll put pray down for that. Yeah, it's a brilliant song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was from the Everything Changes album, was it not? Yeah, it right. was. It was. It was the first song they released from Everything Changes, and it was the first number one. Yeah, I like I said. Earlier, you know, I was very. Pop. I could have gone. Could it be magic? I could have gone. But I just thought I'd go the first number one. The, I was very pop orientated. So you, early nineties, when Take That came out, you know, it only takes a minute. Girl was the first single I remember. I, remember. I know they released uh, Promises. Was the first one? Wasn't? Yeah. Was it not? Promises um, you yeah. never see. But, anything you make <laughs> seem so what you. Sorry, sorry, don't but stop I am. Um, I remember the first single I remember is It Only Takes a Minute Girl, which I thought was brilliant. And I had the Take That and Party um, album on CD. Um, so, yeah, don't. I always. There's no, no such thing as a guilty pleasure. Don't ever be ashamed. Oh, they are not a guilty pleasure of, for of, me. Of, I uh, will. If I can take that. I take that were ace. And do you know what? When the when they got back together for that documentary in the mid-2000s, yeah. and it was like, I wonder, are they going to do a, a tour from this? Are they going to get booked and do a tour from this? And they did. Yeah, we and always then, knew Robbie wanted to do it. And the thing is, <laughs> it was so good for them to come back and not be kind of washed out old men. It was, they wrote, that 
that it, beautiful world album. album that beautiful yeah, world yeah, album yeah. is fucking brilliant yeah it's like shit the bed good it was so fucking good yeah barlow and, just went all yeah, right how's this sound? how's this like wow. um and and i was dead i was so happy for them that that happened it wasn't just like a, a, a crappy pop album it was a really good record and they were they were back and they were good and it wasn't like a joke it wasn't a bit cliche it wasn't um like a parody of themselves mm. it was really good songwriting and it was a really good album and they just followed it up they just kept it going you know yeah. what I mean? The circus was again a little bit left field, like, but it was, it was another really good album. And then the one with Robbie, you know, yeah. it sounded more like the old Take That, mm-hmm. which is never a bad thing, you know no, what I mean? No, no, no. And the last two have, have been pretty good as well. Um, you know, I don't think they've been as good as like Beautiful World and whatnot, but they're still they're gearing up for another yeah. one, aren't they? So, well, the... Mark's just released his solo album as well. That's just come out. I've yeah, I think Mark needs to stop. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, take yeah, take that. Were really good, man. Um, was that your four? That was number four, wasn't it? That was my four. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it get it. Then you start seeing the influence of friends yeah. coming into it now. Well, for me, like number five, like I said, with the Beatles, with Oasis, I started looking backwards, mm. um, and and that brought me to the Beatles, but it also brought me to the Sax Pistols. Um, and I've always said I feel really blessed to live in a time where you don't have to be a mod or a rocker. You don't have to be a punk or or a, a goth. You mm. know what I mean? You can listen to all of this music and appreciate every single you know genre that's out there. And um, I remember watching an interview with Noel Gallagher and they were saying, they were comparing him to the Beatles and he was like, I don't compare us to the Beatles I think we sound more like the Sex Pistols and I'm like I want to listen to the Sex Pistols now literally went up to Hanley bought Nevermind the Bollocks on CD brought it here and popped it in and just listened to it again and again and again and I was like fuck this is good this is really really good stuff and it just added to that influence of me wanting to play music Mm. and like very much the the aesthetic of the time with the Sex Pistols you don't have to be a musician to be in a band you know I mean you can just Bark! It's power chords. It's two notes. And you can just do that, yeah. and you know that's where it starts for a lot of guitar players and a lot of musicians. Power yeah. chords. It's just these power chords. So yeah, Sax Pistols. Never mind the bollocks for me. The next, the next song. Uh, the, the, there was one song I remember listening to with my friends, where we were all giggling, we were all laughing, and it was one straight after the other. So if you don't mind, I'm gonna do this as a double header because mm-hmm. I had to put a slash through. Yeah. So the first one was NWA with Fuck the Police. The yeah. second one was Snoop Dogg. What's my name? What's my name? Yeah, yeah. So could I get that past my mind, that into my mind then? Uh, Snoop Dogg, What's My Name? And those... NWA first and foremost was an album that my big sister, her boyfriend had bought on cassette. Mm-hmm. He left it at hours and he was no longer the boyfriend. That cassette was around and I put it out. You could see the um, title on the front. Yeah. Ooh, popped it straight in and went, wow, I didn't know you could swear on a song. <laughs> and that was my first interpret that yeah. was my first injection of swearing on a song the snoop that was just funny mm. it was just with the biggest nits in this way yeah he had a strange voice he had his 
He had his way of telling stories and they were two mm-hmm. very, 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 very similar artists. Don't get me wrong, in, in real time, they were uh, four years, five years apart, six years apart, yeah. seven years apart. But in the UK term, by the time we all caught mm-hmm. up on hip-hop mm-hmm. and everything else, they were very close together. Yeah. Yeah? And that was my, that's my number five. Yes. I'll, yeah. I... Th- this part on my list, I can go one or two ways. I can keep going with the with the the punk thing, because listening to the Sex Pistols, <laughs> mine goes this way yeah. as well. <laughs> L- listening to the Sex Pistols led me into listening to like California punk of the nineties. Yeah. So bands like um, Blink One Eighty Two and uh, the Offspring, um, but for me, it was Green Day's Nimrod. Yeah, that got my attention. Yeah. Um, so I'm going for number six. I'm going to do Green Day's Nimrod, uh, which in turn led me to going to Mike Love Music and buying all of their albums that they yeah. released to date. Um, and I, once again, it was just that that aesthetic of being in a band and hitting bar chords and power chords and and just you know bit of anarchy, not giving a fuck. But he, I think Billy Joe was a really good lyricist as well. Yeah, I, anything post. And including American Idiot when it comes to Green Day, I just don't like. I, I just can't get into it. You know, they've they've changed the sound and it's worked for them and people love them and it, that's fine. It's just not for me. So like Nimrod, um, uh, Warning wasn't too bad of an mm. album, but like after that. I think it got a little bit weird. Yeah. Um, so, but I think Nimrod, they, they built up to that point. I mean, Dookie was, is a fantastic album. Um, Insomniac is probably my favourite Green Day album. Yeah. Um, but Nimrod for me was the one where I think they, they put it all together and produced this really great record. Mm-hmm. That that just, it just towed the line between, you know, punk and commercial pop. Yeah. Especially with songs like Time of Your Life, you know what I mean? That breaks them into the charts. Um, and yeah, it, it, I, I just think that was like for them that was the peak for me, and uh, and it once again kept my interest in in music as well. I've wrote it, everything indie nineteen ninety eight to two thousand and four, <laughs> 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 not including not including the killers. Um, yeah, it was a. That part of my existence on this little ball of rock of wherever we are in this matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're lonely, Franz Ferdinand, uh, the Strokes, yeah, the, yeah, the Strokes, man, uh, everything, the the basically anything they used to play on the second level of Liquid on a Monday night, really, yeah. before it yeah, went yeah. before it went hip hop. Uh, when the Foo Fighters came to bat with the All My Life album, mm-hmm. um, oh crikey, Limp Biscuit! Um, th- there's there's way yeah. too many to even hold a flame to this one. Uh, I was more of a blur than a waitis. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, and yeah, I just incorporated the. I just went, oh, this list is just going on too far. As I got past five or six books of indie songs mm-hmm. and. Various other various other artists, White Stripes. Early, I loved early White Stripes. Yeah, yeah. I I absolutely it started with Kate Moss doing the striptease. Yeah, yep. Um, loved early White Stripes. 
and then fell out of love with a lot of these bands because they're still around now. Mm. It's like they just haven't buggered off. And they're still, <laughs> and they're still high selling. Yeah. Um, Kasabian. They yeah. were a massive part of this time frame for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well, I remember being at the gig when Radio 1 called them to let them know they had just had their first album go straight into the charts at number one. Yeah. Or it had just gone to number one. I was in the crowd. I was front of the stage, actually. Uh, I think you sent me a picture that night. That was yeah. in... Do you know what? That was in the stage. Yeah. In Hanley. Yeah. Or the mill in the Hanley, mill. actually. Um, and they were... The stage. Showing your the age stage. There, Sorry, mate. The stage door. <laughs> they were in the mill. They were on the mill, they were, that night. Mm-hmm. And it was a Sunday night, and it was an anti-racism gig. And it just happened to be the night they mm. went number one on the album chart. So... I got dragged into indie when I had no intention yeah. in indie by the, the people I was with at the time. Um, and from that, it just kind of went, oh, this is... And I had no frame of reference of Shed 7 mm. before that. Uh, I didn't know Disco Down. Um, and Shed 7 were coming back around then just we're going to do another tour of our first album type thing, early 2000s. So I started to, yeah. So I started to get um, a grasp of what I'd missed and from that time period. So I'm sorry to just get a pink, like load of music and just go, I can't get the list of that. I'm just going to drop it in. 10 years worth of um, anybody that plays the guitar. (laughs) Anyone that plays, well, no, no, 1998 till about 2004. Yeah. No, I'm with you, man. Yeah, anything. I think, yeah, yeah. A lot of this, I think we hit our musical peak in this world at around 2015, and everything since then's just been a downhill spiral, or it's just been repeated. Lady Gaga aside, <laughs> um, but yeah, sorry, that was my number six. Well, uh, I'm also going to do a, a multi one for, for yeah. number seven because <laughs> all rock. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Literally, yeah. It's every Slayer album. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, around the ni- you know, mid-90s to the early 2000s again, and this is where that, the influence... Because so far, you know, I've had, I've had one pop album and then the rest have been rock bands. Uh, but this is where I discovered a cassette, a blank cassette that had been left in the tape player and I pressed play on it to see what it was. And Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style was on this tape. Yeah. And it was something like a fifth generation copy. It's been copied and copied and copied and What's copied. And, and yeah. it was dead, dead hissy and whatnot. But it was the full album. It was the Doggy Style album. Hmm. And I was like, what is this? Why is he swearing so much? My God, this guy can write lyrics. Like, this is, yeah. <laughs> this is really good. And then it's like, you know, who, what, what labels this on? Who produced it? You couldn't just go on the internet and find these things just out. Just read so, it in the tape. Yeah. So yeah, to like, at this point, I'm like, right, I need to find out what the, who this guy is. So it's going like into town and finding the CD and reading the sleeve notes. Oh yeah, produced by Dr. Dre. Of course it was. Um, but yeah, so around this time, Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style. Yeah. Dr. Dre's uh, The Chronic and um, 2000. Yep. Bear with me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That, them two on there. Um, <laughs> uh, what was the... I started listening to Eric B and Rakim at that yeah. point as well. Um, and uh, Slim Shady LP. Yeah. 
and the Marshall Mathers LP. Never been a fan of Slim. Never a massive fan of Eminem. Um, yeah, the, for me, mm. them, them few kind of hip hop albums made me go, "Wow, this is this is a genre that I really need to explore a lot more." Yeah. And that's when you start, you know, I started deep diving, like I said, going and getting into like Eric B and Rakim, and then listening to Wu Tang, um, Ice Cube. You know, ten, ten. 10 bloody things is really small in the grand scheme of it and it's really hard to, to narrow it down so i think like the that mid 90s early 2000s kind of hip-hop scene yeah. um, led me into listening to you know earlier stuff like i say like wu-tang and, and ice cube nwa and whatnot um so yeah we're gonna go with we'll say snoop dogg's doggy style but yeah. it is doggy style it's dre it's eminem that, that whole kind of all, all thrown garbage. in there um, now, the next one I've got is Jay-Z. Fuck, I forgot about Jay-Z. So, <laughs> as, as, I said, as I said before, I was very much into NWA, Snoop Dogg, and just as you've said, um, that leads to Eminem, la, 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 yeah. and all encompassing down the line. And if you go back a little bit further, once you start your research, you get Tupac thrown in the mix as well. Fucking hell, cool, Jay. I forgot about him too. Uh, uh, just, yeah, <laughs> all the ladies love LL. Uh, ladies love Cool J, sorry. Mm. Um, and what, what what it was is uh, when we were younger, there was an it was called East Coast and West Coast. East Coast and the West Coast. So yeah. you were either Jay's, you were either sorry, um, NWA, your Dr. Dre, your Slim Shady, your Tupac, your La La La, or you were the Biggie Smalls, your Puff Daddies, Mace. Remember Mace? Mace. Uh, I was listening to Mace. Today, <laughs> feeling good actually. And that was the kind of line that was drawn in the sand. And I remember a friend of mine when I was about 20. It's got to be early because Jay-Z's, uh, I think it was on the Blueprint. Mm. And it was a song called The Takeover. Right. And it was a, a, a feud that had been going on. There was two songs, actually. There was a feud that had been going on um, between Jay-Z and Nas. And that was his response to his diss track. And mm. wow, if you listen to that song, Dave, that's a serious response to a diss track. And then another song, which for me is probably one of the best hip-hop songs of all time, and that's Jay-Z's song, Cry. Right, okay. Have you heard that? Not off the top of my head, no. It's the only emotional hip-hop rap song that's about a breakup with a woman. Right. That's all in respect. And it was those two songs. I heard them two. I bet I was like 23, 24. And immediately I kind of did this with Dr. Dre. Right, see you later. <laughs> and I revisited him later on in life. Um, but yeah, it just seemed as a better, as a great storyteller or narrator. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I, 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 Jay-Z is very good at what he does. Very, very good. Very, 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 <laughs> very good. Very if good you, you can hit a play button at the beginning of his entire th- anthology and you can wander all the way through and you can not miss a beat, not get bored and still hear the progression of his music. And even from a young age, it was, I've got this, I've got show, I've got this, I've got that. Mm. And now if you listen to the 444 album, it's like he's talking about Picassos and what he's purchased, what he's got on the walls of his house. He's not, this is what I want. He's now, this is what I've had and we all need to calm down. And he's carried on that mm. progression of story arc. And I just think his entire, for me, his back catalogue 
And if you're going to say who's the best in the world, for me, I'd say Jay. Mm. So I've put Jay it's down. Definitely, with... There's definitely an argument there for it. Yeah, there's definitely. definitely an argument there for it. I think over a couple of albums, X, Y, and Z, which then led me to the college dropout. Yeah, but yeah. It was Jay that mm-hmm. took me over to that side of the fence. Yeah. Believe it or not, I heard Jay-Z before I heard Biggie Smalls. Yeah. Yeah, so it was was straight to Jay-Z, mm. and then it was, oh, so this is the East I, Coast. I hadn't heard. And then I used to go banging around. I hadn't heard any Biggie Smalls. Um, I, I'd only heard, like... No money, no, no problems, yeah, I think, was I, I, I'd only heard, like, you know, the, the West Coast stuff. I'd only heard, you know, Death Row Records stuff, Tupac and Snoop and, yeah. and Dre, NWA, I'd, you know, all that kind of stuff. I'd not heard any Biggie Smalls. And then when I did... I was like, oh, I've been missing out. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell, this is good. Um, Ours was from a moment of peace when we were arguing about the East Coast, West Coast, and he just said, um, have you actually heard of any of the stuff? And I went, no. And he went, so... Mm-hmm. And I went, right then. Right then, okay. Play some then. Let me have a listen. Then. And he went, this is a song, Cry. And I went, oh, <laughs> that is actually quite good, that, isn't mm. it? Um, and that was where... The thing came from blah blah blah. Yeah. Sorry, uh, I'm I'm back over to the metal side of things now. Uh, listening to Oasis, The Beatles, Sex Pistols, Green Day, my interests were getting heavier. Um, and uh, this was back in the day where we used to rent CDs from the library. Yeah, remember them days? You go to the God, library, yeah. you'd, you'd rent CDs, a big pile of CDs got some of them at home. Know, from the library, <laughs> bring them home. You know, I. I had got into the world of mini discs at that point, so I was uh, I would copy them onto mini disc before taking them back. And there was this um, album there, and it was Iron Maiden's Best of the Beast. Mm. And I didn't know at that point that Iron Maiden were British. Um, and I saw this like you know Union Jack on the front cover, and it was all different Eddies from over the years. And they did three or four different versions of Best of the Beast, but this was the one CD version. And I'd, I'd heard a, a couple of Iron Maiden songs, and I was like, ah, maybe this, I, might, I might like this. This might be all right. So I'll rent it and try it. And, I, I, you know, I rented it, banged the CD in. I thought it was pretty good, listened to it a couple of times. I'm like, yeah, it was all right, that was. Never copied it. I didn't, I didn't copy that one for some reason. Mm. I took it back. Um, but just having that single CD version of that Greatest Hits planted the seed enough for me to buy some Iron Maiden records. I was at a record fair, not right, it was Outdoor Marketing Crew, and there was a record store on there, and he had four Iron Maiden records, and uh, they were like a fiver each. They were the days. They were like a fiver each. Um, and I had 20 quid in my, in my wallet. Oh, if only so, we know what we knew then. Know, we'd be, yeah. We're very wealthy right now. Um, so I bought these these Maiden records. The artwork blew me away in all fairness, but just having a listen to that one CD made me buy these records and just, you know, listen to the deep cuts, you know, what, what are the album tracks like? And I went home, cleaned them, and I listened to them one after the other and just went, shit, I, this is, I like this band a lot. And it was around the time where Bruce had just rejoined the band, so Brave New World was it, it had just come out. Uh, so I went and bought that. So my my first like new hmm. Iron Maiden album was Brave New World. They're, they're, like, they're 20 years into the career at this point, uh, and I had all this back catalogue to catch up with. Um, and they ended up becoming one of, if not my favourite band. 
Um, it's always a toss up between Maiden and the Beatles for me. They, you know, they, they, they cross over. Um, but just from having that one album made me really, you know, made me go out and buy them other ones and then really get into Maiden, which then opened up this plethora of, of metal. Yeah. Like, um, which will be the next one in my list. Is that your number nine? That was my number eight. Your number eight. Yeah. My number eight is Alvis. Um, now, I'm gonna. I'm not going to do the entire Alvis catalogue because a lot of his stuff was crap. <laughs> now, there was one song, it's a song called If I Can Dream. If I Can Dream. It doesn't even go like that. Um, <laughs> if I Can Dream of a Better Land. Yeah? Hmm? Yeah, okay. Um... Yeah, um, I've I adore that song. I absolutely I can listen to that song and the meaning behind that song five million times and the thought behind it, mm-hmm. not the actual the thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and I absolutely adore every part of that song. And that song, just for me, it's a lovely song. I really, really enjoy. I really enjoy. Mm. And I bet you I listen to that song at least still five times a week. Easy. Uh, when I'm out walking. Mm. It's not a great thing because I also listen to No Vaseline by Ice Cube as well. <laughs> but Elvis is the one that I think I heard as a child. Yeah. And when that is a beautiful, beautiful song. And... What I like about that song is the fact you can hear Elvis's accent in it. Yeah. Uh, but oh, oh, oh man, oh, he <laughs> doesn't actually say. There's a li- there's a line in that song where he doesn't really say a word. He just, just goes, all vowels. It's just all vowels. <laughs> he goes. But oh, oh, oh man, hey, as a rich read. That's mm. the lyric all the way through it. And if you follow that lyric, you can hit every note across it, etc. <laughs> That's all something else I found out. But yeah, Elvis, if I can dream. Yeah, nice, nice on that one. Um, I I get heavier at this point. Yeah, um, I go lighter. I'm working. <laughs> I'm, I'm working at Fatty Arbuckles. Uh, we we have a lad called Steve Start who's from South Africa, and he sees my Iron Maiden T-shirt in the changing rooms, and uh, and he comes out. He goes, "Hey, how's it, Blue? Is that is that your?" Uh, is that your Maiden T-shirt? I'm like, yeah, yeah. My, actually, your headbang like. I'm like, well, you know, I like I like Iron Maiden and a bit of punk stuff and whatnot. And and he goes, uh, what do you think of like, you know, thrash metal? And I'm like, well, I haven't really, you mm. know, got into it that much. I said, you know, I've listened to a bit of Metallica, but this was like '90s Metallica that I'd listened to. You yeah, know, not yeah. not the not the the thrash stuff of the '80s. I listened to a bit of Metallica and. You know, it's, it's all right. It's like saying, have you listened to Synthwave? I've got a bit of the weekend. I've got a bit of the weekend. Um, <laughs> it's uh, and he said, he says, oh, he goes, I'm, I'm going to bring you, I'm going to bring you something in, and he brings me a CD, and the next day that he burnt, and it was Slayer's Seasons in the Abyss, and to this day, remains my favourite Slayer album. Yeah, um, and that really opened the door to thrash metal for me. You know, to to proper fucking heavy, fast thrash good metal and so like i say you, you we've got a list of 10 and you know i could churn out 10 10 names like that yeah of of of, of artists that have influenced me but i'm trying to pinpoint it to that one album so yeah you know, yeah, yeah it was yeah. slayer seasons in the abyss that led me to listening to you know metallica's ride the lightning that led me to 
um, listening to Anthrax that got me listening to fucking Destruction, the Dark Angel Halloween. It got me listening to you know German speed metal, like. But it all stemmed down from that one record, um, and yeah, I wanted to put. I was I was really and I still am really into the new metal scene, um, you know, Limp Bizkit and Linkin Park, POD, um, Papa Roach. Really into that, that whole scene for me. You know, I was just coming into my own. You know, teen, mid teens, and whatnot. And so I did want to put like you know chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water in the list. But I don't think I'd have been into them if I hadn't have you know got yeah, into gone, Iron gone, Maiden and, you and then gone Slayer. Here if you hadn't gone here, yeah, so, I've done quite a lot of that with my list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Slayer seasons in the abyss yeah. for me, number nine. Number nine, um, my. <laughs> My number nine's Bowie. Bowie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't kind of that on purpose. That's more of me being a bitch slap. Um, he was a silver guy on tally, <laughs> dressed as a girl. And at that made me go, what the fuck is that? And I remember watching the reruns of Bowie. Now, my sister was a big uh, David Bowie fan. Mm-hmm. I um, uh, ground control to Major Tom. I thought, what a crap voice, but what a brilliant voice. Mm-hmm. I and get that. Every lyric kind of took you down a different thought provoking rabbit hole. Yeah. If you see where I'm coming from. And as a child, and the the video of the video of that song the videos that he used to produce were just a little bit acidy mm-hmm. because it was very much with the time but if you're a child of the 80s and 90s yeah. watching that it's mind blowing mm-hmm. um and i remember bowie playing quite a prevalent part yeah um and popping in and out uh, the reason i've put him in isn't because i'm a huge fan it's because yeah. he led me to, uh, yeah. to a certain path, which, like yourself, then goes into this X, Y, Z, and La 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 and other bands. But it was him who was the first guitar man, yeah, if you will, um, the first showman. Mm-hmm. Um, he led to he led to the Rolling Stones, yeah, uh, dancing in the street. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. forget the eighties and they all had big hair and long coats. Do you know what? Even though they're in, even though they're in the video together, I was always convinced that Bowie and Jagger had never met to record that song. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think they ever have since. Um, <laughs> but I remember that led me to the Rolling Stones, and like I've said, you, I'm a Rolling Stones fan more than I am a Beatles yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah. Just because it's more rhythm and blues, and yeah. it, it's kind of more appealing to mm-hmm. myself. So yeah, so. Davy Bowie, not because Bowie, not because, Bowie. not because of, same as the knife, Bowie. not be, not because, <laughs> not because of the music he did, just the influence he had on my yeah. little tiny brain as a child. Yeah, um, no, I got that. Which man. he also led to Rod Rod Stewart, mm-hmm. which was massive because my mum's a piggy. I've met Rod, him and uh, Rod Stewart has. Not so much these days. Rod Stewart had one of the greatest rock and roll voices yeah. ever. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? You listen to the two Jeff Beck albums um, oh. that, that, he, that he sang on. Um, was it Truth and Ola? Yeah. That he sang on. And, you know, The Faces. Yeah. They're fucking brilliant. Hot Legs boys. is a great track. And then, That's the great joint that is. And then he was able to transition into that, you know, 70s yeah. disco and, you know, the eight, 80s pop and whatnot. And he went downtown train and all that type of stuff. He's done. See, <sighs> Rod Stewart would be on this list, but he's more stalked me. Yeah, I've got up. loads he, of people it, that... It wasn't a <clears throat> choice with Rod. And mm. when, when I went on holiday young, he was there. And whenever I've gone out for a gig with my mum, he's there. Um, and to be quite frankly, I'm sick of him. <laughs> so it's not that he's had a huge influence on my life. He's just always been around like an uncle. Like an uncle. Who uncle I Rod. haven't seen for years. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uncle Sorry. Rod. Number um, 10. But my last one, before I get to the last one, I've got some honorary mentions. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if, uh, people who, who didn't quite make the list that could have made the list. Now, these are bands that have influenced me over the years, but somewhat subconsciously. I've not yeah. really known that they've been influencing me until, you know, you reflect on life and hindsight and all that. So it's bands that, my dad used to listen to uh, it's Jerry and the Pacemakers, Billy Fury, yeah, um, you know Marty Wilde, all yeah. that that like British kind of rock and roll scene. Um, we can throw like Black Sabbath in there as well. Yeah, uh, of course Black Sabbath have influenced me. You but, can chuck off of these on mine. Yeah, but <laughs> like I said, if it wasn't for me initially listening to Maiden and then Slayer, I yeah. wouldn't have gone backwards and listened to Sabbath. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, and then from my mum's side. I always say the bands that the artists I was tortured with as a child, uh, but they, these are the artists that influenced me from a, a vocal point of view, and it's it's Michael Bolton, it's yeah. Simply Red, it's Paul Young, it's Wet Wet Wet. You know what I mean? It's that them. Listen to them on the way. Them up here guys. As well. <laughs> you know what I mean? All the, all this pop music of the time that that I would that I would listen to, like my mum would listen to in the house, and it was always on, and and I still listen to to this day. Um, status Quo, another one that yeah. my dad used to listen to. I hate and, the quo. Uh, I f- See, I fucking love Status Quo. I like, still quo. do. Um, and all of these have had an influence in in my life, and that have helped. And they've helped to shape my life. But I think them ones were more of a subconscious thing. Uh, but my number ten is for me one of the greatest albums ever written, and that's George Michael's Older. Yeah. It's fucking brilliant. It's yeah. it's just a masterpiece from start to finish. Yeah, it's George Michael at his finest. Yeah, and when it comes to singers like Marty Palo and Paul Young and Michael Bolton, I just think George Michael and his voice just he just tips them all. You know what I mean? And 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 for me that that album, that record I think it's brilliant. It's just that. perfect. If somebody says to me, play me the perfect pop album, I'll give them that. There you go. Go listen to that. That's the, per- that's the perfect pop album right there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the the anniversary reissue was supposed to come out in June this year, and it got delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed again. Should have come out um, in September. Mm-hmm. The, they delayed it because of the passing of the Queen to the 30th of September, which is next week. I know a couple of people have started getting their copies. They have started shipping them out. But mine haven't shipped yet. Um, so it's it's due for now release on the 30th. And Royal Mail are going on strike on the 30th. <laughs> so it's going to be another delay. So in a way, you will be... 
older, older. when you get yours. <laughs> well, I I opted for the um, I opted for the uh, the the box set from his official store because you got an extra couple of goodies in that one. Um, ordering from the official store, you got like a couple of tall lanyards and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And um, if you order from like Amazon, you just you don't get them in the box. And my missus was like, "Well, you might as well." spend the because mm-hmm. it was like you had to pay extra postage from from the store yeah and and dawn was like you might as well just you know for, for how much you're paying already a 10 is nothing just get that one um and then i got an email uh a couple about a month later and the there was a spotify exclusive variant and it was a really nice blue and i'm not really one for like novelty or colored records or anything like that it doesn't like Alice and Chains have just re-released Dirt, and I got the black version. It's fine. Yeah, it's going to sound the same. I don't need the yellow one. The black one's fine. It's cheaper. Uh, but it was—it's a really nice blue, and I'm like, oh, that looks dead nice. That does, and I'm like, yeah, fuck it, I buy that as well. So I've got this uh, this Spotify exclusive variant, um, and the only way you could buy it is if you had a Spotify Premium account, hmm. um, and then you had to you had to verify the account through George Michael's official web store and yeah. blah 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 um and i know a couple of guys they've got like the um i think amazon did did a, an exclusive which is white vinyl i think mm-hmm. amazon's was and then there's the indie indie, vi- indie independent stores have got their own variants and stuff um but yeah so i've, I've hopefully i'll have two copies coming in, in within the next like two weeks and i can't fucking wait uh, add it to my other ones I've got the you know, the cassette and the mini disc over there like, I've just been taking um, and uh, so yeah I'll, I'll eventually have have it on record uh, I do know a guy called Craig who does have a first pressing does he? of George Michael's older um, that shit sells for money yeah. online the last one I saw sell went for just over 600 quid um, that was a first pressing. Um, I thought you were going to put a thousand on the end of the six hundred. Then I was no, going to no. say, who is this Craig? Quid. Um, um, where does he live? And where's his record collection? It's his is, record. Collection. It's very funny. Whenever anybody mentions the album, you'll always comment with, yeah, "I've told you, I've got a first pressing." Oh. It's like, yes, Craig. Is anyone like George Michael here? Yeah, yeah. I've got a first pressing. First pressing. Um, go on, your number ten. Robbie Williams, ego a go go. Oh, okay. Um, I'll counter your best pop album of all time with that. Um, Robbie Williams, like I've said at the head of this, Take That were a massive band because Robbie Williams was in said Take That band and was kicked out of said band for being a little bit of a trouble child. Mm-hmm. Uh, being a troubled member, he was too much into the drinking and the ladies and the wine, women and song. Well, that was the narrative that they wanted to put out in the press. So he bloomed up, did a load of weight. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, put on a load of weight and the media completely chastised him mm-hmm. as this, that and the other, public enemy number one. He released the first song of his single collection, which was Freedom, which was a George, George Michael, Michael cover, cover yeah, yeah, which yeah. is leading back to this. I remember seeing that and going, that's a really clever song to open up with. I was every little hungry schoolgirl's yeah. pride and joy, and I guess it was enough for me. Yeah. Same as George Michael. There was mm-hmm. it was a great it was a great, if you will, kickoff. And then I think it went late I think it was either Lazy Days or South of the Border first. He went he went quite indie, didn't he? He went he went. He stayed the the great thing is, I will say about Robbie Williams. I hope is, Old Before is, I Die, that was a single from Old that. Before I Die yeah. was the first yeah. the first one out the bat, which was another number two. Um then it was 
south of the border in lazy days. Um, and everybody chastised, chastised, chastised. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, angels. Then angels. And he was game over. Gary Barlow, pack your bags, go That's back the thing inside. as well. Like when, when it came to post-take that career, like Gary got the number one. Yeah. Robbie got the number two. Mark yeah. got the number three. Um, I know. Robbie Williams fans now, who swear to Robbie Williams, that were thick Gary Barlow fans. Do you know what, man? Thick Gary Barlow fans. That album, that fucking album was ace. Open Road. It was, actually. Brilliant album, album. Mike. But he's just... My life. He's just... Just take that. He's just boring as shit, though, isn't he? You know what I mean? It was just... (laughs) You've you've got to think about it. I get it. And he's very cringe these days as well, Gary is. I get... I get Mm. Gary Barlow. Gary Barlow's music was take that. Mm? So Gary Barlow's solo music is going to be... It's going to sound like take that, yeah. Take... That so there's Robbie. gonna be a similarity between the two. Robbie wanted Robbie got deep into indie, wanted to be Oasis. Um he yeah, wanted to very... do that type of sound. Old Before I Die sounds like a a poppy version of something off What's the Story. Yeah. And it does. And Robbie's uh, south of the border. It's just it's an indie it's an indie rock and roll border. song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lazy Days. And that's where I kind of found my this was all pre Foo Fight. This led me to Foo yeah. Fighters. This led me to Kasabian. This led mm-hmm. in a weird, weird way. Whilst everyone was taking the mick because you shouldn't be following Robbie Williams because of this, that and the other. Fucking twelve number one albums just taken over Alvis. Shut the fuck up. Anyway, um and you know, <laughs> So it was all, it was all, and then Angels dropped and everyone kind of went, oh, that's it. There it is. Oh. That's the one. Oh, that'll, that'll hit some money. And then his career started. Then he became, then, but without stopping, without missing a beat, Guy Chambers, um, then it, with the next millenniums, then they they all Mm. started running off the bat, then Strong, and it was an album a year. It was... And it was very good, very, very good albums as well. They, yeah. they reissued Life Through a Lens and um, what was the second one? We've been expecting you. I've been expecting you. I've been you. expecting you. Like a bomb um, theme. Yeah. Uh, they, they reissued them on record. No, they, they were never released on record. They, they got pressed a record for the first time last year and I picked both, both of them up. Oh. And I hadn't, I hadn't listened to them albums. You know, I've listened to, to, to his singles and his greatest hits and stuff, but I haven't listened to them albums start to finish in like 20 years. You know what oh, I mean? And then, that, I think... and then when, when I... I, you know, I dropped the needle and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this being this good. I must admit, Life Through a Lens, uh, it is very 90s. It's very 90s. It's very 90s. It's very time-stamped, um, isn't it? Yeah. I, when I, I first bought that from a bootlegger in Rill, just so you know. Did you? Yeah, yeah. There was a guy who used to have a little market stall in Rill selling bootleg CDs. Do you and, know? Uh, I got it from him. <laughs> somewhere on this planet, there's a signed cassette from Robbie Williams to me. Oh, and um, it's um, gone, has it? It's gone, and all, and the house moves, and la la, yeah. la la la, and the petulance, it's gone. But I had that. But his second joint that he came out with, I've been expecting you. I used to say to guys who's like rock music, you don't like, you can't tell me this is a good album. And no, no, Robbie Williams. And I was like, seriously, Karma Killer, that's not a good song. Man Machine, that's not a good track. You can't tell. And it was just. No. And when you were talking about what type of music do you want to do, mm. it was like tongue-in-cheek rock music where mm. there's a little bit of cheekiness and funniness to it. So when you're doing a lyric, someone goes, what? 
And then two minutes later, Eminem's coming down and everyone's going, isn't it funny how fucking Eminem? And I'm like, yeah, it's been done in a rock muse already with mm. this guy in England. And then he's just gone and done it with a different genre and said a whole bunch of stuff that none of us were thinking. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, my... Tenth and final one is the person or the singer that's had probably the... No, it's not probably. He's had the most influence on me from probably the age of 13 to now. Uh, and that's Robbie Williams. And that's everything, really. I think we've um, I think we've done really well there to end on George Michael and Robbie Williams. And not even because, planned, Not either. even planned, yeah. yeah, yeah we yeah, didn't yeah. know each other's less. But I, I always saw Robbie, like, you know, George Michael's... Um, you know, he's hits and, and the, the best part of his career did, you know, he did peak in the 90s. and But his later albums are really good. You know, the album Patience, I thought, was brilliant. And, you know, he he's he still wrote really good songs, mm. but he kind of went off the radar a bit, you know what I mean? He wasn't as, you know, as active as he had been. And I always saw Robbie, especially when, when he broke with Angels and when he went back to that more pop, commercial pop sound, I always kind of saw him as like the continuation of what George Michael was doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and it's a similar thing, you know what I mean? From the boy band to yeah, the successful yeah. solo artist. And and I, I was always like, you know, George is kind of dipping away for a bit. He's doing his, his own things now. And, and now we've got Robbie. And I, I literally always saw the two of them as like a continuation of yeah. each other's career. Um, and, and anybody that thinks... Robbie Williams shouldn't be held in the same light as George Michael can fight me. <laughs> I, I, in the great, it, I'll go even one bigger. If anyone can't say that Robbie Williams is held in the high high regard as some of some of the most successful solo writers ever mm. and solo artists ever, I'll argue the toss and I'll go. Okay, let's talk sales. Yeah, and I'll just lean back in my chair and go, "Who've you got?" And you can go mm. that way, and people people say well, sales doesn't judge anything. So what does then? I kind of yeah. Um, albums I length. That's a bit of it. How long in the industry? Do you want go off his yeah. total albums? Do you want to include take that, or do you want to just go off the solo? Because we're in a hundred million over here. Do you want to drop me to include take that? Because I can add another sixty to it. Mm. Do you see where yeah. I'm coming from? Yeah. And the song credits from these take that as well as his solo. Do you want to? So how big do you want to say big? So what will he be when he dies? Ooh, I think probably the biggest solo artist England has ever produced. Yeah, I think um, sometimes with like sales and things like that, I think it has to be done in context because on paper, mm. One Direction are a bigger British band in America mm. than the Beatles. Yeah, no, true, true. Yeah, uh, but. Are you going to be singing One Direction songs in sixty years' time? Yeah, yeah. Is Gi- yeah you know, yeah, is Giles Martin going to yeah. be remastering and reissuing One who, Direction? Who is the like... biggest selling band, One Direction or the Beatles? It's, yeah. the, it's the Beatles. Yeah, but but that that's just not like like with Robbie. That's it's not even a, a thing. You know, what I mean, he has. He's never done America. He's got. <laughs> but no, I mean, like you know, he one, left America alone. <laughs> one Direction for you know for what they are, what they are, and they were a very successful and very good boy band. Um, you know, polished by Simon Cowell and had everything thrown at them, and they did really well for themselves. You he know, produced what I mean? the next big thing, I think, 
Oh, with Styles. Harry Styles, yeah, yeah. yeah. What um, a musician he is. He's getting better and better. I didn't like him at first, but he's getting better and better. Um, I remember me and TJ in here going, "Have you heard that yeah, album? Yeah, oh my that. god!" I didn't like it, but like his oh. late his latest stuff's really good. Oh, um, uh, so, but that's I suppose is it, is it a similar path? You know what I mean? We had. Wham, George, take that, Robbie. Are, exactly are, are we going to have One Direction and then Harry? Yeah. You know what I mean? Is that going to be a thing? Um, but yeah, the whole the whole One Direction thing, I think it is all about, about like context and whatnot. You know, the Beatles um, will hold, regardless of what the, the, the figures and the, and the numbers say, the Beatles will always hold more influence than, than, a, than a boy band from exactly. the Britain. Yeah. But I also think that in X amount of years' time, we will be looking back at Robbie Williams' albums but, and going, yeah, these, were, the some, Beatles, these were some good albums. The Beatles like. were a boy band that produced, in the greatest they respects... Were pop, they were a pop band. They were a they boy were band. In 1960s, yeah, pop band. Boy band. Yeah. I love a look at when they first came out. They were a boy band. Nice polish, nice synth mm. and all that type of stuff. You can talk about the Let It Be and all that, lot where they grew out and smoked weed. You That's can almost... Fine. But that was the progression of them as a band. You can almost see that to yeah. take that. Um, oh, when Howard went weird and grew dreadlock. Yeah, yeah. I'm with do you, you, do you yeah. see where I'm coming from? You can see the it, angle which they went on. So you can almost, I suppose, like. I'm sorry to if just go, compare. Take that to the Beatles, by well, the way, because no, 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 there's not. There's if, not. If you look at the Beatles' career, it was only short. It was seven years, eight years signed. No, seven years. It was seven years, yeah. like releasing albums. They've been together for longer, but seven years releasing albums, and you can all, almost compare it to, like, let's say Wham, and then George Michael going solo because you got them Wham pop songs, you know, yeah. cheesy pop songs and whatnot. And, and the beginning of the Beatles' career was that it was cover songs. It was, you know, it was the yeah, two-minute yeah, yeah. pop song, and then as they got into the middle of the career it's like this is where the solo artist breaks off and starts doing some experimental shit like and that's Eagles, really really good blah, blah, blah. um yep. so you know you get to like revolver and that is you could say that's like george michael's listen without prejudice you yep. know what i mean and then they come out with sergeant pepper that's george michael's older you know it's yep. it's that progression but they just stayed and abandoned it <laughs> they were what the Beatles to do were, what they did they were in the seven front years. They were the front runners of the industry. They were the cowboys that went over the hill and yeah. came running back, going, "Have you seen how many of the Indians are over there?" It's like they you. were the fit, they were the trendsetters. So you can never say people like Elvis, Beatles, Stones, Clapton, um, Clapton. Oh, um, you can go through loads of these bands. Really, you could say Bob Seger's. You could say Free. You could say. Mm. Oh Christ! You could, there's that many. They were the trendsetters, the first ones to do it. Everything since then has been a rinse and repeat, just in a different order, mm. obviously. Um, but yeah, there's you can't take nothing away from them, and and I agree with what you were saying um, about you can talk about that, but with One Direction, yeah. but you can compare. Will we? It will, to the will, will, will we'll be doing that till the I cows mean, come home? I'll probably be singing. Um... You, you don't know you're beautiful whatever it was called in 30 years time because you know it's a catchy song like yeah, so well i got will, really will the world will the world to be in it um, anyway let's go home
Yeah, let's go home for the first <laughs> the, time since this morning. This was a, this was meant to be a shorter show today, but what we we it's back. Oh my we, god! Yeah, yeah. It's uh, that's flown. I, I, I hope for the listeners that's as enjoyable listening to as it's been enjoyable for myself to just mm. reel back the musical memories there for a little bit. Yeah. I know it's a bit music heavy this episode, but hey, that's what we're about here at Shingles. Nice Blitz. to actually have a list. Yeah, yeah, to have, to have a list. <laughs> Show's called Shingles from, List. Never yeah, had a list on it. Listed something. Never had a so, list. yeah, thanks for that, Dave. I enjoyed yeah, that. It was good, and it was cool. if anyone doesn't know, I'm going to Disneyland next week. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to Disneyland tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. Um, are you? Uh, will you be back? Well, how long are you going for? I will be back. Are you, to talk. Are you staying? Like, or is will, he just? I will be back next. Ne- I will be back next Monday, live to tell everybody About... whether or not Disneyland is a great place to go for your money, or whether or not it's a complete rip off. And I hate the French. Okay. Wait, are you going to tell us whether you hate the French, or are you are you telling me now that you hate the French? I, well, I'm telling that, you that now like... that, but it might get me <laughs> if if it's less than and 15, I hate the French. If it's less than fifteen euro for a pair of Mickey ears, I won't mind the French. If it's more, they're a bunch of political Oof. bastards. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've just got I've got Tyson Fury's old man shouting. That's where I get it. You political bastard. That's where I get it from. <laughs> you know. Did you see that meme oh. where uh, just going on to that? The meme was McDonald's one pound menus now at one pound twenty nine. Yeah. It's just the meme of again. You political bastard. Political bastards. Yeah, yeah. Oh, anyway, anyway. Uh, big thank you to everybody that listens week in and week out. You guys are awesome. Don't forget to follow us or subscribe to us, whatever the option is on your favorite podcast platform. And if you can leave us a review, that is also awesome. Uh, follow us on social media. On Twitter, it's at ShinglersListPC. You can follow me at Shinglers underscore list. Follow Cleon at KLBewley. And on Instagram, it's Shinglers underscore list and KLBewley5. You guys are awesome. And we will see you next time.